There's one thing that is a fact. The people who are causing these problems and are behind them, they don't want us to know. They don't want us to fight against them. And they've been getting away with it for decades. It's time that changed. Let's bring it back to them. Let's bring the fight back to these scumbags who are sitting on their piles of money destroying our planet. Welcome to the Hardwood Podcast, a program dedicated to sharing ideas, thoughts, and voices of respected professionals in environmental studies that care about diversity, equity, and inclusion. They all have lived and have work experiences that add to their outlook and understanding of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we on the Hardwood Podcast are committed to sharing the voice as well as making space for others to ponder our dialogues. In today's episode, we are talking to none other than Chris Webby, celebrity hip-hop artist, Connecticut's own, and also an environmental activist. So listen as he walks us through a 20-year rap career, uh, his understanding of how education is a priority and what we need to do around the environment. And as always, I ask you to send your thoughts and feedback to thomas.easley at yale.edu to let us know if you have ideas of speakers or future topics that we need to cover on the Hardwood Podcast. We have Webby with us, Chris Webby. So thank you for coming. Yes, thank you for having me, man. It's an honor to have you here on the campus, on Yale's campus. And, yeah, yeah, hey. I never thought they'd let me on. <laughs> is this your first time on campus? or? Yeah, this is my first time uh, on this campus, maybe any Ivy League campus, if I'm thinking, you know. Yeah. I was a smart oh. kid, but not maybe not that smart. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're happy to have you here. And, of course, I'll say having you here makes this place better, you know, because we're bringing people from around the state. And I think it's a beautiful thing to have Connecticut represented here. And with that, I'll just start with the first question. You All know, right. Tell me something about where you're from, please. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. I'm from Norwalk, Connecticut. Um, Connecticut's an interesting state. Uh, if you're judging off of what you hear in movies and TV shows, it's usually like the punchline of a joke about being some gigantic suburb. And, you know, like a, a, a super white preppy character oh they're from Connecticut that, that's kind of I feel like what the rest of the world sees Connecticut as but that's actually it's not the case it's a very economically diverse I believe it's the most economically diverse state in the country don't quote me on that but it's if not very close um and uh you know I'm from right in the middle I'm just like a middle class kid my mom was a public school teacher my dad is a you know was a working musician and you know just grew up Having some stuff, but not, you know, growing up in a mansion or anything like that. And I think it's a really interesting place to grow up in because both sides of this financial, you know, economic situation grow up together, you know. And here I am in the middle where there's a lot of kids like that, too. And it just it gives you a pretty wide view of what life is like, you know. And everybody I, – I just feel like that everybody growing up together thing gives you a good – uh idea just of, of how the world works. Okay. You know, makes you understand people. I like that you say gr growing up together. I So I, I, I live here, like not too far, well, I'm far from here, but not too far from campus. And what I do feel, I, I feel that I see that, you know, I see the, you know, folks growing up together, but then I also see the disparity too, you know, uh, especially I walk outside my door and I look one way and I see folks look like me and I look the other way and I'm like, 
time to go to work, you know. And so, you know, just to see that separation, have have you yourself, uh, you know, spoken to, you know, like to that, uh, you know, or do people, you know, come, you know, like come to you, you know, because you're, you know, doing well, you know, you're representing the state beautifully. You Thank know, just, you. You know, there's. Yeah, I mean, in the the opening song in the new album, what is it? I say, uh, uh, we got murder and violence in hoods, a million dollar mansions in the woods. I'm from the middle, somewhere between lots and a little. I had a hustle for the goods, so it's like you know, I I had to work for what I had, but it's not like I had nothing, you know. And I'm I've always just been very honest about my own identity, and I think that single-handedly is the most important thing you could do in hip-hop. Just be yourself. Because you see so many people trying to put on this false character, you know, creating a character that isn't truly them. And I even suffered from that a bit at times. You know what I mean? It's just part of life. You build what you think people want you to be. And in the end, you just got to be yourself because that's the only thing that's going to last. Eventually, if you're creating this character, you're going to slip up and be out of character because it's not really you. You know, you you just got to be you. Well, 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 you know what? Thank you. That's actually a segue into one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, you know, how would you identify that your identity and whatever part that that you want to talk about, you know, because I don't want to assume anything has impacted your journey in hip hop, uh, and and we're going to get to the environment, but you know, but your journey uh, into into hip hop and music, and now you know, fame. You know, like how how would you how how would you say parts of your identity have either helped, hindered, in the middle? Definitely, definitely. I think at times, um, you know, I can be stubborn because. I'm big on justice and what I think is right. And I have no price. I can't be bought to change that opinion. And that's a rare trait, I believe, you know, especially in modern day society. So there are times where I just see something and I'm like, some of these rappers, I can't stand this guy. I can't keep my mouth shut. So I think that's both helped and hindered because sometimes I'm just too blunt and too honest. And, you know... That, that sometimes in such a political sphere as the music industry is has definitely potentially hindered me. But at the same time, I'm independent. I built my own thing, so I don't really care. You know, but being, you know, honesty is a tricky thing because uh-huh. sometimes people don't want the truth. And, True. you know, it's not like I... I can't help but to just say what I feel, but sometimes I sometimes I can't. When when I see something and it just doesn't sit right with me, I got to say something about it, you okay. know. And that that comes to politically, environmentally, and in the game, just with rappers in general. Sometimes I just see someone and I'm like, "What is going on? This guy is completely unqualified for the job. This isn't this is a complete front. None of this is real. It's not good objectively, and uh, I, I have to say something about it." Now I, I can I can I definitely I respect that. So on the Hardwood podcast, we talk about diversity, inclusion, equity, access, the environment, natural resources, forestry, and I feel that even in diversity, it's the same thing. Okay, it, it's the same thing. Even in the academy, it's the same thing. There are people who have been able to get in positions where they're in power, where they're leaders, they can make these decisions on what we do with our natural resources, but they're not as I would say well versed in not only what they're judging, but the people who are going to be impacted by it. And so, I, I, you know, and I, I won't ask you to call out any rappers or anything, you know, but like, uh, you know, are there any uh, are there any environmental issues in particular? I, I know the answer, some of it, but that's really stick out to you and why? I mean, I would say borderline 
everything that's happening on this planet, there, there's almost no good news in that category. And I think the people who are making the de- decisions are completely unqualified, um, are not thinking about the impacts of the decisions they're making. And a lot of them, you know, do have a price. Mm-hmm. Politicians historically can be bought by big corporations and will do whatever they say. And um, I, I think the problems, I mean, literally endless, you know, like forestry. Yeah, we've cut down over half our trees. We're still chopping them down at a massive rate. And now these fires are breaking out everywhere, which is linked to climate change. The biggest thing you just got to realize at a point is that everything is connected on this planet. It's like one big organism. So it's it's not just one problem. All these things are connected. The acidifying of our oceans, which, you know, the coral reefs disappearing, just all of these things, you know, it's just they, they go hand in hand. And it's just like it's sickening. And at a point, you know, I've often thought humankind, we're disgusting, we're a disease. And we are. I believe that. But at the same time, it's not my fault. It's not your fault. There are right. there are a small handful of people who are the driving force of 99.9% of what's going on. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. The guy who threw the, his McDonald's bag out the window, like, yeah, I'd like to run him off the road, but he's mm-hmm. not the reason that the planet's falling into environmental chaos. There we go. I totally agree. I, how, I, I, I was just in uh, Stop and Shop because I like to shop in my neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and put money in, in my neighborhood. And I see the, the prices that they have on, on bags. You know, now, okay, so they're charging for bags. I'm like, all right, you know, I bring my own bag now. I'm like, you're charging for bags? Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Then I go to another store on the other side of town. They're not charging for bags over there. And even if they did, the people could afford it anyway. So I'm like, wait a minute, why, well, why is this hard pressure to fix things put on the poor, which it, which, it, which it always has been, and not on the folks who can, you know, really make, you know, the, these actual adjustments. For sure. The impact. So, yeah, yeah, I feel exactly what you're saying. Um, well, uh, hey, we're starting to get hype in here. Okay, yeah. well, look, hey, well, check this out. Um, I love your music. Thank you. I'm curious, how did you get into hip-hop? Because I listen to you and I hear all some of my favorites. I'm like, I mean, not that you sound like, I'm just saying, I'm like. No, no, I'm, I'm an amalgamation beautiful. of a lot of the yeah. artists of the era that I'm sure we both grew up on. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I guess it really came down to I was raised on music first and foremost. My okay. dad is a guitar player. That's what, that's what he does for a living. It's, that's his passion. So I grew up just hearing him practicing all the time. I grew up in the car hearing the music he was listening to, you know, the Stones, Beatles, Eric Clapton, yeah. uh, you know, good Janis Joplin, you know, like mm. like a really good mm-hmm. era of music, Led Zeppelin, you know, uh, where Classics. melody and, and it, it was real, it was raw. Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, mm-hmm. Toots mm-hmm. and the Maytals, a good uh, reggae background as well, yep. you know, like th- my parents listened to some good music. Um, <laughs> yeah. But they were also blessed with growing up in a time where good music was what was going on. You know what I mean? True. My parents are yeah. a little bit older, so they didn't mm-hmm. grow up in the 80s when, you know, things took a serious downturn just in, like, overall musical quality. There was that 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 60s, early 70s, like, man, like, it was yeah. grooving. It was good music, you know? So to have that background on what I um, grew up listening to, I feel like really helped influence me getting into whatever type of genre I would have ended up getting into in the first place. But right. then I discovered hip-hop. 
And not only could I follow a passion in music, but I could also piss my parents off at the same time because <laughs> they didn't understand it at first. And I would do anything to, you know, whatever they said for me to do, I would do the opposite. opposite. I was an only child, <laughs> you know, okay. so I definitely have like some only child disorder, which is a really weird experience because to anyone who isn't an only child, you have no idea, you know, what it was like. It's it's very I don't want to say unnatural, but it, it's it's a strange experience, you know? Like, when you're young, it seems dope because it's like, yeah, I get all the presents, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. there, you don't have to share your video games and your toys and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then in the long run, it's like, you know, I had a lot of alone time, you know, where I just had to read. I was reading all the time. I was reading at an eighth grade level in, like, third grade. All right. Okay. You know, because what else was I going to do? You know, I would oh. I would play action figures, but when I played action figures, it was, like, some next-level storylines. And, you know, I, I was creating—it was like a movie in my head with all the, you know, X-Men and G.I. Joes and stuff. So it was—it wasn't like normal universes. people. Yeah, who just bang the toys together. Like, oh, this guy's dead. No, it was, wasn't that. It was very complex. Uh -huh. Um— you know, and I had friends who are like brothers, you know, to this day. But at the same time, you know, it's it's a strange experience just like being alone all the time. So you really got to – you just have a lot of time to work on stuff. And I feel like that played a huge role into once I discovered hip-hop – being able to really start pursuing it and like diving deep and I've been rapping now for a very long time like over 20 years um, since I first started writing raps not like I was a rapper but I've been writing raps for 20 years professionally I'm like 11 years in um, since it's been my job you know but uh, yeah no it, it's uh, it was it was very interesting and then to really grow up in that time of hip hop, mm -hmm. there was so much good music. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, in my opinion, the golden age. I know there's other people who say that the golden age came before that, mm -hmm. but to me, that like very late 90s into early 2000s, that was just, that was it. You know, the beats were so good. You know, Scott Storch and Dre had their thing going on, yep. Timbaland. Like, it, there was so much good uh, production, which is important to me because I think melody is very important to the overall scope of music. Um, and, you know, some of the rappers, they were just so good because the... You listen to, like, early rap, and it's so basic because it was a new art form. So they were starting from scratch, you know, single-syllable rhymes, very right. basic flows. But then these other guys start getting in, and they start leveling up. And then, you know, it gets to a point where you got, you know, a guy like Eminem on Renegade, you know, put saying some of the craziest syllabic things. Like, the way he's putting words together, it's, like, it mm -hmm. truly art. And, um... That's that's my favorite hip hop song, Renegade. By the way, I wrote the lyrics to it on my wall in college, like all the in Sharpie all the way down my wall. I just like, in my opinion, that's just such an incredible show uh -huh. of lyricism from both Jay Z and Eminem. I, if you hold on, wait, okay, just, just just real quick, okay. Yeah, just, I'm going off. I got ADD, no, so no, no, you know, no, I kind of no. just you know. Not going off. <laughs> this is perfect. I just want to ask you. So, who had the better rhymes in the, in, in Renegade? Eminem. Jay and, I didn't say who had the better flow. I said who had the better rhymes. Jays are very real. Uh-huh. They, uh -huh. they you know, like, yeah. but the things that Eminem does on that, he shows off. I think that's Eminem at his absolute best. If someone was to say, what are Eminem's best verses, I would say his verses on Renegade. So, yeah, I and, I, and I wouldn't say that about Jay, although his verses were also really good. I would mm -hmm. pull verses from something else if you were asking me for what I thought Jay's Jay. best was. So, I mean... I think it's an incredible song. I think they both did very good, but I think Eminem literally, like, that was the best he's 
ever done. I mean, I can't think of anything. Go to war with the Mormons, take a bath with the Catholics in holy water. No wonder they want to hold me under longer. Oh, my. It's just like some of the things he says in the ways he, he says them. And he you produced know. that song, too. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I Royce was originally on it. It was Eminem and Royce. Oh, really? And then, um, yeah, then he gave it to Jay-Z, mm-hmm. and it ended up being on Jay-Z's project, obviously. So. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. Well, you know, I just... I like on Hardwood we can talk about hip-hop. Yeah, you know, and I like yeah. We can talk about real hip-hop. And again, that's my is. opinion because I've heard both sides of, you know, I've I've heard the Jay-Z's better on that song argument, and I, yeah. again, it's truly just opinion. Yeah, no, but, no, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, well. so, okay, so Eminem is one of your favorites. Who who else? You know, like, you, Well, Jay-Z you? was another one, you know, in that time frame. Uh, right. DMX. Um, yeah, man. I just loved his raw emotion. He just made you feel something, you know? He really, like, he could get you hyped up in a way that certain others couldn't. But, you know, then, as much as I was listening, Ludacris, I loved Ludacris and his uh, his use of humor. You yes. know, that was big on me. He had a, a sense of humor about himself. And I really appreciated that, being a white kid, trying to fit in where it's like, back then, it was all pretty much gangsters or I mean you everybody in the game was pretty hard at that point and I was not you know I grew up in the suburbs um you know it's just middle class America kids so it's like where do I fit in in this game like I can learn how to rap real good and then I realized that my story is unique and there's a lot of people who can identify with that and you know the game has changed a lot since then but um aside from a lot of the guys who were big back then though I also dipped into a lot of the underground stuff and you know like the Jedi mind tricks immortal technique and immortal technique you know him kind of opening my mind to conspiracies in the first place and just being like oh wow because I was a kid, I didn't know a lot of this stuff. And obviously, he takes the conspiracy level, you know, very deep. Yes, he does. <laughs> so that started, uh, you know, sending me down that path, too, where I start questioning things. You know, I was always one to question things, even, you know, going to church and just, you know, yeah. He fit all those animals on that ark? I don't know. I don't buy it, you know? And and I always had questions, and it would piss people off in Sunday school. You know, I'm a confirmed Catholic, but I don't consider myself a super religious person. I think it's more just, you know, be a good person. Mm-hmm. You yes. shouldn't need a book to tell you that. No, we we got a little something in common because I'm a former campus pastor. Gotcha. And that's how I used to preach, and I mean, and, and our church just grew. I would come from that perspective. Yep. I'd be like, we're going to talk symbolism, but we're going to talk about realness, too. Do you really think that's what happened? Like, I would just yeah, get yeah. them thinking. So I appreciate that you're in reality. Okay, so hold up. Before we—oh, I'm sorry. See, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Um, hope you are, too. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about—okay, because from chemically imbalanced right. to last Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there, there's some— there, there's some Common threads, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I like, you know, I like the external activity. That's cool, you know, but then there's a shift, and and when we get to let to, to to last Wednesday, I just feel like for for me, best in the burbs, I felt like I was listening to somewhat a life story, but then also emotion, um, and 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 please, I, I don't mean this to be like uh, um, in in a uh, pejorative way, just like emotion up and down, you know. But I think that that's life. My question I have is, and I'm glad because you mentioned it, college. How has college or your experience in college, uh, your your education, influenced your lyricism? And, and and I'll just tell you why I'm thinking that because when I listen to you mentioned Luda, you know I know Luda. He's college educated. Rhapsody, know her. She's college educated. Uh, Plies, Two Chains, Lil Wayne. You know, like these folks are educated. Tyler Kweli. 
I notice that I don't hear them talk about education, but they talk educated like you do. You know, it's like you can hear the intelligence. How has that influenced if it has? So first of all, above everything, Mm -hmm. environmentally and otherwise, education is the key. Education is the single most important thing that we should be putting precedence on in this country because without an educated generation, Mm -hmm. where are we going to end up? Mm -hmm. I think education is endlessly important. Um, And the fact that we're not putting any priority on it really at all in this country in a lot of ways is terrifying. Education was very important for me. Um, My brain is quite interesting it excels dramatically when it comes to words and writing and things of that nature and isn't so good when it comes to math and and stuff like that, which kind of makes sense. You know, that's like a textbook. Uh, I forget what type of brain they say that is. But Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm, right. I'm like very bad at math. Like, I got a 16 on my math final in senior year, but I sold weed to my teacher, so he gave me a C-. minus. That's math. <laughs> <laughs> That's numbers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's just yeah, I figured, I figured a couple things out, you know. But, um, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, I, I've always excelled, and, and I've loved to read, you know. Like, so that's the stuff that's that's really helped me become a better artist and MC, 10,000%. You know, and I still read to this day. I try to wake up every morning and read before I even check my phone. I don't get that opportunity every single day because sometimes, you know, I wake up a little late and I'm like, oh, God, oh, man, I got to get on this. Like, But, you know, in an ideal world, like, yes, that's that's the thing that I like to do first because I feel like that's like working out your mind, you know? That's like doing yoga in your brain right as you wake up, and I've actually noticed a difference in how I function when I read first thing. So a little pointer to anyone who, uh, you know, wants to try something new. Read a chapter. You hear that, MCs? Read a chapter. Okay, see? We're getting educated on the show today. Okay, now, to go into the environmental discussion, I want to go into something that you actually mentioned about 10 minutes ago. You mentioned that you had ADD. Yes. Okay. And, you know, and, and I don't want to make any assumptions, you know, and I don't want to be insulting. You know, I'm assuming. D- came I from don't a good get home. insulted. Trust okay, me. Good. I okay. came up in hip hop. Hey. Right, okay. <laughs> Nothing okay, you could cool. say that someone hasn't said worse. Dope. Okay. Do you think that your ADD is tied to your environment that you came from? Interesting. Um, I mean, I come from a pretty stable environment. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think that there was a lot of environmental factors that came into play in my parents' generation in terms of what they were consuming, food and, okay. you know, that a lot of things changed in that time period. Mm-hmm. Everything used to be clean. You see some of these old people and they're still kicking and healthy. And I don't think this next generation is really going to be like that because we have now been toxified by so many things. Yes. Um, and I, I think that was happening. So whether that played a role in ADD, I mean, ADD is what it is. I, I deal with it. It's fine. You know what I mean? I take a little bit of Adderall, okay. um, which, you know, sucks as an adult because it's like, what, what am I studying for a test? No, I'm just trying to live life and run a business and be a rapper. But, you know, uh, That is a very interesting thing. And I think that we saw a ton of kids from my generation end up having ADD, you know, and and other things. And you see this also dramatic rise in autism now and and other mental things. So it's just like this isn't happening out of nowhere. Like there's definitely something that's linked to this. And I'm not a scientist, but I know that we've changed a lot of things in terms of like what we consume. Our food is dirty. It's it's. It's uh, tampered with just 
It's bad. I went to Europe, mm-hmm. and they source at their Wendy's from local farms. You know, so it's just like going to Europe really opened my mind on how we could be doing better. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. and it was very interesting to me. I saw a lot of bees, for example. You don't see too many bees around here anymore because we are using terrible insecticides and we're also ingesting them. So not only are we killing the biggest pollinator in our in the world, we're also, you know, ingesting that stuff. And it's very bad. Um, also in Europe, <laughs> talking to some people, they're just like, hey, so, you know, what's up with you guys and climate change in America? Because, you know. It's still a debate over there. Like, what's up? What <laughs> you know? Like over here, it's we it's know. a fact. We're right. waiting for you, America. Basically, we're waiting mm-hmm. for you guys because, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. we're the leaders. You know yeah. of so much. Yes. And a lot of the rest of the world, they they can't move without us. Right. Right. So yeah, that mm-hmm. was very eye opening to okay. me. So how did you get interested then? You know, uh, in the environment. You know, um, I, and 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 how did that influence? Your lyricism. If you don't mind, I just say this. Like I remember when I fell in love with hip hop, it was Cool Modi. But when I fell in love with life changing hip hop, it was Outkast, Get Up, Get Out, Goody Mob. And then I heard that, and I've been on that path ever since. It's like I I, I li- listen for messages, which is why I really enjoy your music, you know. But of course, I like the party too. This hip hop, you know, course, which is why I enjoy course. your music. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but then you specifically went to talking about our planet. Uh, and so, and, and the beautiful song, Our Planet. Beautiful video, too, showing the ugliness in the yeah. world, but it's beautifully done. Yes, and it shows, it shows the, the beauty of it, too. I want, really mm-hmm. wanted to make sure, and it took a while to, like, choose those clips and put everything where they needed to be. Yeah. Because, you know, and I'll get back to that in a second, but okay. one thing that is very important is to uh, not provide this view that is completely apathetic, like, it's all lost. Mm. You know, and I feel like that's, that's what a lot of this new generation thinks. Mm-hmm. And they might be right. You know, when you look mm. at the stats, like we might be too far. Mm-hmm. And the fact that things aren't even changing right now, like, yes. yeah, we might. Yes. But do we just give up? Do we not fight for our home like mm-hmm. that we all live on? Yeah. I think it's really important to show people what's still there and still worth fighting for mm-hmm. because there's a lot worth fighting for. No, you're right. You're right. You know? It's fascinating, though, like the, the 1988, which is a great year, you know, and MC came yep. into the planet. You're the dragon. Hey, that's the year that they say we crossed this environmental index, though, where we could not go back. You know, Interesting. That we, yeah, like that, you know, like that year. So glad that you're here in the world. But it's like that was the year that they say that we crossed this index. And there, and, and so now everything is excess now, you know. Yes. And we can't go back. There aren't reserves, like, for us to, to go back. So I really hope, and as a forester, I'm talking to someone who I know that my industry can help but has also hurt, you know, as far as it as, as relates to, to climate change. And we, and we have those discussions. And sometimes they can be arguments. But we want to keep people at the table. I'm curious, how did you get interested in this? And now you're bringing people to the table in right, your music. Right, What's which up? is important. Exactly. Um, so for me, it really started, I love animals. I've right. always loved animals, animals. you know. And, and right. my dad's a big animal guy. And just seeing the compassion that he's always shown towards whatever pets or, you know, helping a wounded bird, et cetera. Okay. So, so I've always had this connection with animals and understanding that we need to be their protectors in a sense, you know, like when an animal is in need, Mm -hmm. humans are capable of helping them. Now, what really got me going on this environmental wave was I grew up in a condo in Norwalk and we had 
a big patch of woods next to us. And I remember me and my dad used to walk over to the fence near the woods and we would listen to the turkeys whenever the, the thunder would crack and, and the turkeys would all go crazy. And, and, you know, it was just cool being close to some little patch of nature in my, you know, really metropolis of a place growing up. You know what I mean? And when they cut that down, that really set something off in me and was like, even as a kid, I'm sitting there just like, well, where did all the animals go? Like, what happened? Like, that, that is forever gone. That has been there for however long it's been there, and now it's gone forever. And then to see that happen again and again and again and again to the point where there's almost nothing left in my hometown of Norwalk, you know? It, it, all the wild spaces are pretty much cut down. Uh, my parents live up in, in Southport now, um, and I got back from Cali, um... And there was this woods that I used to go to in high school, walk down, you know, smoke weed, hang out, whatever, and, and just, just get a little little piece of nature. I got back, and the whole thing was cut down, um, and I, like, wild out, and the, the developer came out. You know, my dad had to, like, walk down the street and, like, pull me away. I, like, gotten—I spit on a sign, like, I—and that's where I need to learn— that like I need to keep the rage bottled up and find a better way because I get I get rageful as a kid when I saw those woods get cut down I'm over there talking about sick ways to whoever did this I'm gonna fill in the blank right. it was sick <laughs> what was coming out of my <laughs> mouth for a six year old to be saying the things that I was saying because I was furious okay. and it the, again justice that to mm -hmm. me was just this mm -hmm. huge injustice mm -hmm. you know so one guy can make a bunch of money this is gone forever. Yes. And that has never sat right with me. Um, you know, the same goes for poaching. That was another really big thing when I was a kid. Yeah. Before I wanted to be a rapper, I wanted to go to Africa and be one of the, like, counter poachers who just, like, take out poachers with, like, a high-powered sniper rifle. That That's what I wanted to do as a child. So, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, Get you know. Get wrong with it, yes. You know, you look at these problems, and, and then, you know, the more you look at it, yeah, okay, the poachers, but the poachers are just meeting a demand for mm -hmm, right. Asian rhino horn trade and, and the ivory. Like, these are just poor people who are trying to get by. Not that that justifies it. It doesn't. But, you know... Now, as you get older, you're like, what are the root problems here? Like, mm -hmm. how do we fix them? You wait, know? Wait, wait, wait. It's interesting that you did that. First thing you said in the beginning was everything's connected. Yes. Right? You just mentioned poachers. And then if we were to come here, what would that look like? I'd probably say hunters. You know? And I'm not talking about those who hunt on a full stomach. Because hunters, <laughs> hunting mm -hmm. in itself, mm -hmm. you know, I, I've... I've learned mm -hmm. by saying a few things about hunters mm -hmm. that there's different types of hunting. That's right. That's where I was going. Yeah. And and mm -hmm. there's warranted hunting and there's poaching and then there's mm -hmm. also hunting that is legal but I do not approve of. I do not think mm -hmm. we should be taking apex, apex predators out of any habitats because mm -hmm. I just think that is unnatural. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Hunting a deer, agree. eating a deer, okay. Mm -hmm. Hunting a wolf, I'm not, I don't care if it's legal. I find that mm -hmm. I do not like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And in North Carolina, which is where I last lived, the red wolves are, are almost gone. Yeah. Be, be, because of that. And then they'll say, oh, we got to manage the population. I'm like, they're not the problem. It's the human population. And, and connecting, as you said, the poachers are poor, so they're trying to raise money. So I was going to say, well, then we could say, like, drug dealing. You know, it's like people are trying to make money. So it still goes back to resources and people having what they need. And yep. so. Um, and education. And, uh, and education. Gets you. A lot of times out of these situations. I, I, I told, mm, 
Can you can you speak on that? I mean, in education, I'm not. It's not money. In education, yeah. isn't just like automatic money, but in education is a leg up to get where you need to get in life. You know what I mean? That yeah, you're not necessarily going to get there just because you have an education, but it it's most definitely going to help. But at the same time, everything I learned in school, that's great. And, you know, grammatically and with the words, a lot of that does apply. But everything I've had to learn in business, they did not teach me at all. And that made me kind of rethink, like, why aren't they teaching kids some of these things, taxes, things that really like apply to your life. I've made so many mistakes and gotten screwed over so many times, you know, and, and part of that's just life. You got to learn those lessons the hard way, you know, like that's, that's, that's just something every human's got to go through if mm -hmm. you want to get to a certain point. Mm -hmm. Um, but they don't really prepare you for a lot of that stuff in school. No, you don't. Maybe they do here at Yale, but <laughs> we, we, we should talk. Uh, <laughs> we should talk, you know, well, I want to, I want to, um, Ask you a question for an article that I'm writing, actually, Webby. I, 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 I'll be honest, I would like to quote you in it. Okay? Right. But, but let me read this little excerpt, and then hopefully it, it'll coalesce with it. So I'm writing a story for Yale Environment 360, an award-winning online magazine, about the social impact of hip-hop music and its potential to increase awareness about issues around environmental justice, the disproportionate impact of environmental degradation and pollution in communities across the U.S. and the world. I wondered if you might have a moment to share your thoughts on this issue. I know that that's a lot of just squeezed in there. That is a lot you just squeezed in there. You know, but if you just want to take a piece and say, that's all I got to ease, I'm good, or the whole thing. But Say know. it one more time. Sure. I'm writing a story for the Yale Environment 360, okay? And I'm and in the article I'm writing is about the social impact of hip-hop music and its potential to increase awareness about issues around right. environmental justice, disproportionate impact of environmental degradation, and pollution across the world. I think that hip-hop's greatest purpose, hip-hop in its purest form, is to spread awareness. Mm. I think I am one of the first to speak on these environmental issues, but as they begin to impact communities more and more, I will not be the last. Mm -hmm. And right. I think that that may be one of the next big steps in hip-hop's path. You know, they've, mm -hmm. they've taken on... Uh, racism, they've taken on, yep. you know, police brutality, all of these things. Mm -hmm. It's only a matter of time before these communities realize how much these environmental issues are impacting their communities, mm -hmm. you know, and like yes. all of our communities, but oftentimes it's the poorest communities that get hit the worst. Those right. are the ones where they build the factories. Right. Those are the ones where, you know, they water quality, this and that. Mm -hmm. Flint, mm -hmm. Michigan, disgusting what they've done. To, you, you know, it's it's absolutely terrible. Yeah. So I think that environmental justice may very well be the next frontier for hip hop mm. and the message that it spreads. Okay, thank you for that. That's, but there's a okay. lot of people that still need to wake up. To that, you know, what like you I just think a lot of people, uh, it's education, you know, and, and people don't realize things until they happen to them, you know, yeah, it, not everybody. I'm uh, these things. A lot of them haven't happened to me. I'm just researching this stuff, but mm -hmm. I have the beautiful job of being a rapper. Sometimes I get to sleep late. Sometimes I get to just mess around on the Internet. Mm -hmm. I also am very understanding that some people have full-time jobs and kids, and they don't have a ton of time to look into these things. Yes. So they need people like me to help break things down. You see, see, so you see yourself at, I, I'm, I, well, I'll put some words, I hope you don't mind. You're a journalist. Yeah. You, know, you are a researcher. 
you're also an empathizer because you said I'm not being impacted by all of this. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't matter to me. I'm still going to talk about it. Yes. As you said, I see injustice, just like we just finished celebrating Dr. King. Yep. I see injustice, I speak about it. You know, a threat to justice anywhere, you know, it's a threat everywhere, period. And so you've really taken this on, and, it's, and, it, and it shines in your music. I, I have one last question. Do you, I don't have, I don't see one in your music, but I just want to ask you, you know, has there ever been like a conflict, you know, talking about, you know, like, Marijuana, or the people come at you about it. I'm not saying a conflict with you, but the people come at you. Like, it's a conflict. You're talking about weed, but then you're talking about protecting, the, you know, the environment. You're talking about, you know, the Adderall. You're doing this because I hear not really mostly just respect in your lyrics. I'm just curious. Like, is anyone set, you know, come at you about that? Definitely to a okay. degree. Um, hmm. Well, first of all, marijuana. You know, it's 2020. <laughs> yeah. Not to Legalize mention, it. Come on, wake not up. to mention all <laughs> of the you. capabilities of the hemp plant. That's we right. could be making biodegradable hemp health. plastic. Health benefits. There's so many. Got you. And if mm. don't get me uh, hemp okay. plastic, it biodegrades. Plastic. Why yep. is everything not that? Mm. We had an ocean full of plastic. There's going to be more plastic in the ocean than fish by 2050. Why don't we have biodegradable plastic if it's a possibility? Mm. Anyways. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm, with you. I'm with you. Question. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, definitely, especially, you know, when I dabble into politics. And don't get it twisted. I do not just jump on bandwagons and start. Mm. I'm not someone who's just going to, whatever the hot headline is, just jump in and be like, oh, yeah, Trump, blah, 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 you know. So I'm not going to speak on immigration. I'm not going to speak mm -hmm. on some of these things because I'm not a specialist in it. You know, I have my overall, this is how I feel, mm -hmm. but I don't understand how those entire systems work. Mm -hmm. I do have a pretty good understanding on environmentalism and mm -hmm. how the planet works, mm -hmm. so that's what I talk about. But yeah. even still, especially when that, you know, cross-pollinates with uh, politics, yep. there's going to be people who jump in and say, oh, you're a rapper, stick to rapping. And it's mm -hmm. like, stick to rapping. Rap was originated to change things. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, okay, maybe you might not suspect that from suburban white Chris Webby, but I care about stuff too, and I'm knowledgeable, knowledgeable about stuff, and I'm going to speak about it, my you know? Mind. And it doesn't matter what they say. They're not going to stop me from speaking my mind because no one has been able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like from age six and on because hey, yep. you've been doing your thing. Yeah. Okay, well, Webby, uh, you know, just looking at the time, I want to make sure that uh, I uh, cover, make sure I cover things that you're interested in, too. So I, I have my questions, but is there something, you know, a burning topic, burning question or something? That I mean, man, nah, I think we uh, I think we covered a lot of bases today. I, okay. think, I think we definitely did, you know. Okay. Right. More music's to come. I mean, yep. really, okay. really, right now, I'm just in the, the phase of making music as much as possible before I go back on the road. Gotcha. And one of the craziest things about where I'm at in my career now is balancing, you know, business owner Chris Webby and rapper Chris Webby and trying to find that happy medium, that balance where I can take the phone calls, respond to the emails, but also write the songs. So it's mm -hmm. it's very yeah. intense, but right now um, it's straight music-making mode, so, right. you know, a lot more to come. Okay. Well, then, well then you know what? Well, now how about this? Let's make sure that, 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 uh, that we go to that, okay? Because we got Wednesday. Okay, we got that in 2017. Yep. And we got next Wednesday yep. in 2018. Um, I won't lie to you. This is my favorite one, though. Okay. Perfect. Um, the, the current. No, no, no. The, the, the current. Yeah, um, yeah. Wednesday after Wednesday next. Wednesday after next. Yeah. You know, that came out last year on Christmas. Yes. 
All right, so I see you 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 have created your own flow around Webby Wednesday. Yes. Um, can you tell us when last Wednesday coming out? <laughs> I got some tricks up my sleeve for this year. Um, okay. That is all I will say. All right. And it, if I pull these tricks off mm-hmm. properly, there's going to be a considerable amount more music than any of the previous years. Okay. Like a lot. Okay. Like uh, like a ridiculous amount of music is going to be coming out this year. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the fireworks at the end when it just, the grand finale, Uh you know, not that this is the grand finale of me making music, but this is the end of this, this Wednesday series and Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to go crazy with it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and well, I want to thank you too. There's something that I didn't, I I didn't acknowledge. You have made, uh, donations. You know, yes. and support. You know, uh, I think particularly in Australia. I think um, uh, I, I plan on or? doing one for okay. Australia. I okay. did um, my one that I I had for that Our Planet song. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. donate all the money that that song generates. But I also donated 25k myself, split between Big Life Africa, which right. they're the ones who they have a big patch of land. They work with the farmers to keep the animals safe, and they yep. stop poachers. So, mm-hmm. you know, that okay. plays off of that very important thing to me since I was a child. Yep. Um, and then the other one to the Rainforest Trust, who they work all over the world and basically find at-risk ecosystems and make sure that the land is protected. Mm-hmm. Because it's more that you, you can't just buy the land. you got to then ensure that the land is going to be good from that point forward because yes. yes. – People do illegal things. They could just go chop it down unless you got people protecting it, you know, and, and you're working with the communities. So much of it I'm realizing now is going to these places and explaining, again, education, mm-hmm. how important it is to their livelihoods that the environment around them stays healthy. That's right. If you go and cut all the trees down, now you got mudslides, like nothing's growing. Mm-hmm. Again, everything is connected. So it's – yeah, it's it's very important to spread those messages. But I do plan on um, donating to Australia too. Uh, the, what's been going on out there is is just oh yo. Uh, when I saw koalas crying, man, I'm like, wait, what? And I, I mean, I, we were seeing koalas crying in you know like November. Like yeah. now, yeah. it's still burning mm-hmm. over a billion animals now. Mm-hmm. Like that is just insane. They, they say some species are going to be entirely wiped out. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Even after the fire, if they're still hanging on, mm-hmm. there's not going to be much for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's catastrophic. And obviously Australia has such a unique species range oh, because yeah, they, sure. they have stuff that nowhere else in the world has. So, Make oh, man. Yeah. Well, well I, I definitely want to say this, and, and, and I'm sure that you, you know that you're cluing in. You know, we're doing a lot of things here in New Haven, you know, around um, uh, to educate people on um, environmental justice. Uh, so our School of Forestry is doing some work with the New Haven Adult and Continuing Education Learning Center, and they're leading it. That's one thing that we make sure that, that we did. We're not leading it. We are participants in helping, but we want the community to um, continue to get educated, but also to educate us. You know, on things that are uh, that are impacting them. So, you know, just just know that. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure you're doing things here in the state. You know, just know that we're doing that too. Amazing. And uh, you know, we'd like to uh, you know to continue. So, if you ever interested in looking at some things in New Haven? For sure, man. Let us for know. sure. Let yeah. Us know. Th- as long as you just keep spreading that word, because there's one mm-hmm. thing that is a fact: What's the up? people who are causing these problems and are behind them, they don't want us to know. They don't want us nope. to fight against them, and they've been getting away with it for decades. It's time that changed. Mm -hmm. Let's bring it back to them. Let's bring Mm -hmm. the fight back to these scumbags who are sitting on their piles of money destroying our planet. Mm. Well, ladies and gentlemen and everyone, he, she, and they, you have heard 
uh, with, uh, I hope I can say this, you know, at least today, my friend Chris Webby yes, has sir. educated us on his platform, his values, some of his upbringing. And it's an honor, my brother, to have you here. You know, and I'm and and look, you know what? No, I, I want you to tell people. Okay, then them and Yale was the first Ivy League to get you. Yes, sir. All right. You tell them that it was a hip hop force that they got you on the podcast. Absolutely. Okay, you let them know. And more of you need to hear from this brother because he definitely has a he has a light to shine and he has education to spread. I thank, thank you, man. man. Appreciate you, man. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Hell yeah. All right. Hardwood is a production of the Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Studies in New Haven, Connecticut. Our producer, engineer, and editor is Chris Perkins, a joint degree student between both the Yale School of Forestry and Environmental Studies as well as the Yale School of Management, where he is getting a Master's of Environmental Management and a Master's in Business Administration. I am Thomas Richard Easley. We'll see you next time. Thank you.